The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. To episode four of Work the Left Side. Uh, thank you for coming back. Hope you've enjoyed the previous episodes. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch them yet and this is your first time, uh, go back. There's some cool interviews uh, with some of the, the best of British wrestling. Uh, on this week's show, though, uh, it is a Chris Travis tribute show. So uh, I'm joined by Mikey Rose who's also known as Mikey Van Riot on the wrestling scene, and Dean Mitchell, uh, who uh, and both of them have done a shed load of work for British Wrestling and Charity and Cavendish Cancer Care. Um, Dino does the Soccer and Spandex every year, uh, which basically brings together wrestlers and fans uh, just to have a kick about. Um, it features... Guys like Joseph Collins, Tyson T-Bone, Marilyn Madman Man Manson, Marilyn Manson, and uh, plus loads more. Ashton Smith, uh, Lana Austin, uh, Tel Bannum, lots of guys involved in that. Um, and yeah, but we are basically here this week to talk about and share stories of the late, great Chris Travis. And that's the purpose of this week's show. So... I uh, hope you enjoy it. It was it was it was a good it was a good uh, laugh. Uh, there was laughter. There's a few tears, um, but it all, it was all it was all worth it. So enjoy. Um, come back next week and uh, see what we've got in store for you then. So, but until then, hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, hit notify so obviously you know when we are dropping new content. Follow us on Twitter at work left and search work the left side on facebook to enjoy and join the group basically join us for a bit of a chit chat uh any future stuff you want to see leave it in the comments um i do want to hear from you guys i just want to i want to encourage a bit more participation a bit of a bit of a chit chat let's talk let's get this stuff done so uh yeah enjoy and I'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye-bye. Episode four of mm. The Left Side. Um, this is basically going to be a tribute show to uh, this. Um, obviously, massive impact on British wrestling, massive impact on anyone who knew him. Um, I'm joined this week by Dean Mitchell and Mikey Rose, um, two people who knew him very, very well. Um, really close. Uh, I'm going to kind of take a back seat where I'm, I'm just going to let these two entertain you with stories uh, and all, but I do want to big up all the work that these two guys have done uh, for, for charity and British wrestling over the last few years. So I will bring that up at some point. I will ask you some questions about it. Uh, but yeah, so introduce yourself, guys. Go on, Nina. 
Oh, this, uh, I'm Dean Mitchell, uh, soccer and spandex CEO, as they say. Uh, doing it for well, it's, well, six years, but we've only done four events because of the situations. But uh, hopefully, we just have the all clear so we can do it this year as well now. And yeah, go on then. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you something to make cheers, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, my, I'm Mikey Rose, uh, known as the wrestler Mikey Van Riot. Uh, yeah, the well, I'm looking at myself a, a tire, a tire like CEO. You get, no, there's going to be a lot of gig, just random giggles for now. Obviously, I'm using three me and Dino. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, yeah, so uh, the in, between myself and a guy called Dave Stewart, we're the guys we, uh, who are behind one more round, the Annie charity show. Uh, what we do yearly, uh, but in it in honor of Trav and these charities. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so obviously you two guys have just been um, do a lot of good stuff. Every when obviously the global bastard's not about, and you can do what you do. Uh, you do it really well. Um, same loving the t-shirt, Mikey. I'm sure they will. Before you, you're doing one more round as of when when you can do. You doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we were talking to Dave Stewart a, a, a couple of days ago, and uh, we have got a provisional date in mind uh, for one more round. Uh, we're not going to tell it right now for fear of doing the <laughs> the Brit Rest Fed. We've got dates. No, we can't do them <laughs> yet. Uh, just, <laughs> that, that is, a, <laughs> we, we were saying, we don't want to do that. Let's wait and see what happens. But if the guidelines are anything to go by, and if the sticks and the promise of the town scale, yeah, it's uh, looking promising, promising, very promising in the second half of the year. But as we know, with the Rona, we have to play a lot by ear. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you mentioned before, Dino, you know that barring everything going all right, and uh, we were you looking at sort of our August September time. For yeah. If if everything goes well with the guidelines and they all get dropped in June, we're going to go as usual, like July, July, August, and see if I can get the arena booked as soon as I can. Because as soon as as soon as uh, I get the all clear with the arena, that's it. I'm booking the date. That's it straight away, and uh, go from there. And uh, hopefully, all systems go. And, uh, Are you coming know. out this time, Dino? Am I what? Are you going to come out afterwards? No, <laughs> I still remember them days. Yeah. No chance. No <laughs> way. I keep getting invited out, and I'm like, oh come on, I'll be 52 by the time we get spandex this year. Dear me. I'll be 40. <laughs> God, I wish I were 40. <laughs> yeah, you're coming out. I keep on trying to get Dino to come in on some of these nights out. He's kind of got a taste for, for it when we uh, used to go for the like after PC review parties, but that's yeah. like a, a mere fraction of it. He's that worrying off, weren't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It scare you did. Was it was it just too much? You're not, no, you're I just not, I just see the amount and I'm going, I ain't done this in about 20 years. Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> liver, are we listening? Liver, are you are we communicating here, liver? Say no, say no at all times. Say no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the best one first time I noticed about Dino, um well the the PC it was a Coming back to the PCW night out. Um, <laughs> knew it said this. 
Do you know what? No, this is no. I'll save this one. I thought I'm not going to. I'm going to wait until I do this, this just to remind you know. But he, uh, we both were a bit worse to wear, and Stephen Fuller got a picture of us where it looked like the, uh, either I was blowing Dino or he was blowing me. We were just because we were both tired, tired, and it were a really well timed photo. But the one for me was uh, Dino let me bunk over in his hotel. It's like bags, spare bed. At one point, Dino Undertaker out of nowhere, complete bolted upright, looked around. I think he was trying to assess that I was still in the room. Because he, he didn't even look at me. He was like looking into space. And then he fell back down to sleep. That like, full on undertaking. And I didn't sleep for another hour because I thought, oh. yeah, he knows he's going to get me in his sleep. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> too, too many memories of that weekend in Preston. Too many. <laughs> it was yeah. a place where, yeah, it was all, the shows that went on were, with quality, um, been to Preston loads of times, but the, the after party, I could always just be in bamboo. Well, the tribute show that Chris had when uh, they did the tribute show for Chris in January, <laughs> that was just, um, let's put it this way, that was one of the nights I wish I remembered, but I don't, so I really do wish. But that was one hell of a night, that one. Uh, that was a famous one where me and Chris met for the first time. So <laughs> face to face as it was. That that were cool. Was that the one where um it were was it the when Masters and yeah. took on Kirby? Yeah, oh yeah. that was you know why that's memorable for me. Um Flutter turned up to uh, so backstage with Trap just having a chat and then Flutter just turns up with uh this like massive wad of cash and uh, it's like the door taking so he's like oh he gives it to travel and it's like i'm not kidding it's like that thick of notes and stuff like that so um he says oh there's still more to come but you take that with you and um like travel's going out and uh, going out and telling us mikey you look after this and i'm like what <laughs> and it was the it was i couldn't settle down for the most of the night because it's like I had a bulge on the side of my leg of probably a couple of thousand quid worth of notes. I mean, I took it home with me and I had to take it home with me and everything because I, I was leaving midway through the night and travel staying over. And, uh, and I said, don't ever put that pressure on me again. He goes, well, do you, you count how much money were there? And he were like, no, there were thousands, mate. You were asking me what how many thousands and I was, I was bricking it. Even though it was constantly in my pocket, I was like constantly shaking it <laughs> Don't lose the charity money. Don't be that dickhead. Don't lose the charity money. <laughs> oh. that, yeah, that's a bit too much pressure. I've been exactly the same as you. I was like, no, can't chill out. Can't relax. Can't get too drunk. But you pull something out of your pocket and all the money goes everywhere. Yeah. Oh. It would be like a scene out of a 90s rap video if that happened with that one that he had there. <laughs> Did that with spandex. First one of spandex and like got all the money in the soup, got all the money together from the day. And it was just pouring in from everywhere. And uh, I said to my wife, I went, uh, where's money? She went, you've been carrying it in the suitcase all the way home. I went, why didn't you tell me? She went, I weren't going to tell you that you had all that money in your suitcase. I said, because as far as you was concerned, it was with me. And it weren't, it was in your suitcase. And then when I got home, I counted it. There was 2,000. I was like, what? You're kidding me. So, but, ah, best way, don't tell me I've got money. Don't do it. <clears throat> Um, yeah, just like I say, I'm going to take it back. Well, I don't know what you two. <laughs> um, no. 
the good, the bad, um, and the ugly. Tell us about what's the possibly, I would say, Travis's matches against Devitt and Masters were probably two of my favourites on the higher profile matches, but certainly probably got the smaller venues, some oh. sort of mess-ups, some cock-up stuff. The first time I saw Chris was my first Brit wrestling show. Uh, ben Old at Southside said, come to St. Nate's, it's the first anniversary show. And he says, and I says, and I didn't know any wrestler at all. I, you could, I couldn't name one on the card. So I'm watching it, and I get introduced to this character called Madman Mansons and his antics in the ring. And then uh, all of a sudden, goes through everything, all the usual guys. I see Rockstar Spud, Keith Myatt, and all these others. And then we said, oh, the match of the year from last year was Chris Travis versus Martin Kirby. So I went, all right. And then Chris comes out from the center of his own personal interest, which went, hey, what? <laughs> what was that? And that took... Just flicks a switch and then he walks around the ring and he, and he grabs this kid's hat and it would i'm sorry it weren't a kid we're about 2020s and it was a trilby hat <laughs> he then decides to walk around all the arena at saint nears with his hat on his head and this kid is following him going i want me hat back give me my hat i want me hat i want me hat give me my hat he walks all the way around the arena chris then puts him sit back down takes the hat off and went, yeah, here you go, and wipes it all over his oily body and throws it straight in his face. And I went, I love that guy. <laughs> That's my first memory of Chris. Um, uh, it's got Trav written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> you should be grateful he didn't drop it down his tights, so that were the usual games. Oh. Oh. I thought I was going to say, to be fair, I thought I was expecting it to go down the front of his trunks or something at some oh. point. Um, <laughs> I didn't know where he was. Well, I asked him for a picture of the next time I saw him, and he said that. Oh, so that accent's familiar. I went, yeah, from Sheffield. He went, so am I. Are you a pig or an owl? I went, I'm an owl. He says, good, because if he was a pig, you weren't getting a photograph. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I've still got that picture. Yeah, awesome time that one. Amazing. Nice. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, I've got off the back of what Dino said there about the first time. Um, first time I probably saw Trav was on like a, um, I can't remember what the company was, but this is like very early 2000s Rick Ress. Uh, I think it was a club called Sher uh, Sher uh, Sherringwood or the Sherwood in um, Sheffield. Um, and I, I, saw, I saw him there. And, uh, but that's how I obviously saw the matches. A lot of the people everyone come to know um, over the years around those shows. That was like the first time I uh, saw him. The, probably won a couple, quite a couple, a uh, few shows with him uh, leading up to, uh, yeah, uh, and I'm probably nothing more than like ha uh, the hand, uh, handshakes and everything, you know, that kind of stuff. The, the typical wrestlers, hello, how are you doing, handshake, and all that kind of thing. The first time I started... Um, that's, I'd say we started pick up a friendship was we had done a match on a, a company called NWL and I was going through that mode where I was, try, I was trying to do anything I could do to impress like doing it as, as, as much as I can um, so I just took it I'd just been in like a gauntlet match and I took a half punch that was the finish 
from a guy who was equally my size. So try to bump everything, sell everything, and I thought I'm gonna crawl on all my hands, all my hands and knees, uh, all the way to the back of the court, all the way to the hands and knees. And uh, first person there was Travis. He goes, "You all right?" And he goes, "I goes, yeah, I'm fine." And he goes, "Are you sure you're all right?" He goes, "Why?" I, w- I wouldn't look at your gear, mate. And I looked at it and like I picked up everything along the way on the floor, like sweet rabbits, rappers chewing gum, and everything was just attached to them and knee pads. And, and uh, that's what I think where the friendship uh, started from there, really, and just getting to know each other from there. Um, <laughs> in fact, I could tell he just, he, I might go and leave down to one. I can tell you a brief little funny one where I nearly made Trav wait to happen. Again, an NWO show. These were uh, run by Brad Taylor, who now runs Mega Slam. And the right, so this show had this show got cancelled. So we're just hanging around this working men's club in Rotherham, and a lot of people. Uh, I think people, a lot of people are aware. Someone, I am, I am half deaf, and I've always got hearing aid with me. And um, and I've been listening to another part of the conversation, another part of the conversation, and someone else was trying to get in touch. I, I kind of like half heard the conversation, and it was uh, Leguero, um, and he turned around and was, "Oi, Mikey, deaf twat!" And without missing a beat, I pulled my ear in straight out of my pocket, put it in my ear, and went, "Hmm," and Trav fell out. <laughs> Trav fell out. He was like, he was like wheezing, and he was going. So it would have shows like that would have got to like say that's so we shook up the uh, shook up the bun from there. Just like as you go to more of these like more local shows, you tend to more local people, and yeah, just found myself getting on with him. Yeah, yeah. to um, anytime you took the mick out of legs, I also always kind of got the impression you appreciated that you all seem to be the butt of a lot of jokes. He was a bore. I got a lot of him as well. <laughs> I, I dreaded looking at his Twitter feed at the best of times. Oh. Travis, Travis' Twitter was hilarious. He hated, mm. he hated me with the Twitter, with the Chris Travis day that he did not have a clue about uh, when we did the first one. That was hilarious. Uh, he didn't have a clue that we just, because he just announced he was retiring. And I just said, I just want to do something put a smile on his face and he always said he wanted to trend on twitter so i says right hashtag chris travis day kept it on facebook because he wasn't on facebook and just created this page and we just went right we've got a picture merchandise anything and then at half past six that morning my phone went oi i went yeah he says my phone's exploding here every two seconds beep 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 what's going on i went what's the hashtag and he went Chris Travis Day, I went, congratulations, you're going to be trending on Twitter. Two hours later, he was number one. <laughs> and Martin Kirby that day was a legend with all the pictures he put up. They, they were the best things I've ever seen. Everything, everybody just went mental. Devitt, Prince Devitt did it, Owens, everybody, Masters, X-Pac, everybody just went Chris Travis Day that day. I'll always remember that. That was, that was the funniest. He gave me so much going... Is my and my phone's gonna go into meltdown here every time it's ding 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 ding, and it just went on for d- days. It was fantastic that day. Yeah, funny enough, what do you say about the pictures and everything like that? I get a message while this is going off. 
don't you dare put that picture up. <laughs> I have uh, that, vi uh, that video where it was me and uh, Tommy Idol. We throw, we throw cold water in while we're in the bath. Obviously, it had to be censored. So um, I got um, one of the, one of the one of the guys from uh, NCW school to do an edit, and he put a, we were quite generous with the rooster size as well. And he's yeah. just like, and I finally put it up, and he goes, uh -huh. "I honestly can't believe you did that." Bearing in mind, this is the same guy who's uh, probably done similar things to me. <laughs> we were well, a few times actually coming over on him. Oh, he's got my over on me. <laughs> oh. Speaks oh, for you. You know what you're saying, like X Pac, Masters, Owens, Devitt. You know the guys that participated in that hashtag. Yeah. Basically, man, that he's sort of been in the ring with or met. Obviously, left left an impression. Yeah, I think yeah, X-Pac went, went around his sorry, you know, Medina, but X Pac went around his house for a cuppa. Like yeah. he, was, he was in town and he went around for a cuppa. <laughs> I love to see look in his face. That's crazy. Yeah, that, that just speaks to me. That's the kind of thing I love hearing about because it's just kind of like, yes. Yeah. But uh, oh, the things with Chris with me, well, um, we everybody knows how we met. So, um, but seeing him in the ring just was another level. Um, another one at Huntingdon. Um, it was a place where the picture took. He goes in the ring and it's full heel mode, full Chris mode. And I'm like, here we go again. He stands up on the edge of the ring and goes, right, I'm not wrestling. Promoter promised me a sellout. There's five front seat seats here not occupied. I ain't wrestling. Just as he says that, this woman walks down with four kids and she goes, hurry up, hurry up, get there. And he goes, oh, can we tell the time, love? And she went, why don't you just piss off? And he went, oh, Language coming from a <laughs> southerner, aren't we blessed today? I went, <laughs> and it's just just at that moment, this this poor woman just arrived with her four kids, and she's like, Hurry up, sit down. And, and Chris is like, Oh, now we can continue. It's a sellout, <laughs> it's just typical. It was just typical of him, but um, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, uh, the what you said there about the other, the other level, it's like. Just going like you mentioned earlier about some of your favourite matches. One of my personal favourites was him versus um, Kevin C. Kevin Owens. Um, but I thought that were an absolutely fantastic match. But the reason it's a bit more of a favourite for me is because I kind of know a little bit of the backstory behind it from the chance perspective. Because if you if you run on his Twitter feed, he went he proper went on the, the fat man vibe at him. He's like he put he put the worst like Photoshop pictures of. With, like Kevin seen outside like a Greg's and stuff like that, and um, even put on the way up, we even pulled up to even put up to a McDonald's and uh, saved all the everything just for the purposes of uh, using it as a prop later. But as the thing that always makes me chuckle is as the journey progressed, the more nervous he got because it's like I always really saw him as super confident and stuff. But with certain when he got to certain matches, he could he could hide it, and I think. He was worried at one point, but I thought he turned around and he said, Do you think do you think Steen's actually gonna be mad at me? He goes, he goes, Why? He goes, I've been a bit stiff with bands and I'm like, 
yeah, you, and, and I'm thinking, I'm not missing this chance. Yeah, he'll probably kick your ass. And he just looked at me like, doughy-eyed. <laughs> but, uh, but obviously the uh, match itself was amazing and obviously they became great friends from it. So it's like the one, the ones I really enjoy is maybe some, there are other ones I do enjoy just for green great matches, but there's the ones I find are the best are the ones if I've got some sort of like the own little additional attachment to him. So yeah. if I know what he like meant for a certain match or something like that, it's uh, like he, I knew for like with Devic matches, like I knew he wanted to work, work Devic like nobody's business, and it's so yeah, and the uh, so just yeah, like I said, seeing those type of matches always oh, had that extra on for me because I knew how much that one meant, meant to him. Yeah. I always find that he always had the the Kai Caliber matches. Like if anybody was coming over from the states, whether it be Steen Masters or Thomas Champa, or as a, as a Mikey Norman got my name when I got his name wrong, and he went, "What did you just say?" And I couldn't say Thomas Champa, and I kept Kiampa or whatever it was. I just couldn't say it. So he vid- he ridiculed me that for the whole of spandex with that day for that one. Uh, but. It's like every time you saw Chris, it was always with these guys and everything. And just, he just, I mean, I'll always remember seeing Tom, Champa versus Chris in St. Nears. And I'm like, look where he is now. And like, you can't help but think, I mean, if we'd have been another world where Chris would have been now. And that, that yeah. it just, it just, just mind blogs that all these people that was here years ago and look where they are now. And they just think Chris would have been there with him easily. Oh, yeah. Anything I'm talking about uh, about him is he, he would have been blown up NXT. Right? He would have been main roster by now, I reckon. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of it, it sucks because it felt like he, he would have. So I always look at it, it's like how well would have how well would have cheeky Trav handled the Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine all your, you just imagine all your vincisms of a cheeky trap? Can you imagine him getting Chris into a suit? Because he always wore them t-shirts with little V, with V was showing his chest off. Travis, you're in a suit from now on. <laughs> Give over. No, I'm in my beanie out and my t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, you could see, couldn't you, all like the Dave, the Dave Meltzer reports and stuff like that. Rumoured Chris Travis, he seemed to be wearing a beanie, beanie not a suit. <laughs> Yeah, turns up in the WrestleMania with the Super Mario T-shirt on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. What was that, sorry, mate? Uh, well, that PCW uh, anniversary. Sorry, I'm rocking that a few times. Whenever he's at a show down this way, he always generally had that PCW T-shirt on. Oh God, yeah, yeah. The famous Travis, yeah. That's one of the Brit wrestling designs of all time. That that was like it was just so simple, but at the same time, you just knew what it was straight away. Yeah. Um, I've I've tried to get spandex in a way doing a soccer and spandex design in that way. Can't do it. Just can't do it. No matter how hard I try, just can't get it. And I'm like, no, I best leave it. No. So. Yeah, it took me three years to try and sew up the courage to try and get the uh, Mario idea. I've always had it in the back. Of- the back, back yeah. pocket and it's just like I never got around to it and said, mm. said you know, who do you reckon will be doing again because Nick's good at it and I'm like oh yeah Nick does a great picture and I'm like so Nick he was just as easy as that and I'm like we've done this for freaking years <laughs> oh the ones we've had with spandex every single one of my ideas and Lynn, my wife will say and I said all right I'm just gonna toilet love she went all right I'll wait for your ideas when you come off at toilet and I'm like what 
and I have come up every year of spandex. There's been an idea. This one, every single one of them, I've been sat on the toilet and all of a sudden, boom, there we go, got the idea and it's come straight out. Stars on it. Every, every idea has come from my toilet and I don't know why, but that's the, that's the uh, central. <laughs> Epiphany chair. A toilet is that every man knows that about a toilet. It's where you go to have ideas. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to get an. I've had to put a. I've to put a, a, a pad and pen in there now. I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll <laughs> that could be fraught with danger. Oh god, yeah, definitely, definitely danger. No, so no, this gentleman's got me. Um, he, when we met up last year, well, year before last, for Dick, Dirty Sanchez night planning one more round and he says are you going to be in the rumble then and i'm like oh here we go and <laughs> and every time at one more round i always end up doing something and i always do it it's, it's, it's one of the funniest things a lot uh ask t-bone about me announcing that's all i can say about that <laughs> i don't i don't stutter but two ta- two one more rounds in a row same guy i'm in the ring and I'm going, and it's Joseph Connors versus Tebow. And I'm like, I went to do him first, Joseph Connors. And his opponent, Tyson, T, 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 T-Bone. And I'm like, and he gives me the dirtiest look every time. And I'm like, why can't I just say T-Bone just once? <laughs> I'm never announcing him again. Uh, never doing it. Just say T-Bone, just cut it short. T-bone, that's it. Oh, I, I don't know. Don't know where it comes from. I just do not know where it comes from to this day. I don't know. But I've never. I'm, every time I've done announcing since, I'm going. Please, t- no T-bone on the card. Please, no T-bone. See, <laughs> <laughs> so when everything settles back down, you're going to be announcing again somewhere down the line, aren't you? I would have thought. Hopefully, um, I did Full House Wrestling last year. Called Terry Is It Isaac. Couldn't even say a fourth letter name. Uh, just, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. That was great fun. Um, it's just uh, yeah. I can talk. I can talk. I can talk. It's nothing travel-related, but I can uh, put your mind at ease about some. I've heard <laughs> um, the announcing things. I've heard some of the announcers proper make certain some horrible uh, clangers with wording. There was a guy. I think he was from like UKW and stuff like that. Who was uh, called the Great Naga. Uh, like a mass wrestler, and um, and they, they, it was a guy called Andy Kane who used to do the ring announcing for the Atlanta shows. I used to in the early years, and he comes out, prowess punch, and he goes, Introducing the great Nadja. And um, <laughs> I, I, I I'm like, Did I hear that right? I, 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 I was like, is, is this my deaf ears playing up on me? And he's like, Yeah, he just called him a Nadja. Do you remember? Not as bad as it could have been. Not as bad as it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey, but like, do you remember at PCW uh, the tribute, the uh, charity show when you had the Battle Royal and Keith Myatt came out as Deidre Barlow and she died the week before? <laughs> this is the best one. All of a sudden, Keith Myatt comes out as Deidre Barlow. She died the week before. The actress. He gets eliminated from the Royal Rumble and the announcer goes, and for the second time in a week, Deidre Barlow's been eliminated. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> we just went. Did we just hear that? What? And you could see Flutter going. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's getting a cease and desist from Corey for that one. 
<laughs> oh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, but, uh, oh, I mean, every time when I did, every, I think the only times I did PCW was when Chris was there. Um, first one was the Bull Rope match when he headlined it with T-Bone. And the Young Bucks was there. Bang for your book. And uh, you got the Young Bucks and, uh, and, yada, and they did this Bull Rope match. And it was, Chris told me a story about it, which was hilarious. And he says uh, he hid a, he got a blade to hide for that because he wanted to cut himself. So he says the effect would be great. He says, me hanging from the rafter, from the stairs, being the bull rope and all the blood pouring out, it'd have been great. So they're having a battle and they're going all the way around the nightclub. And all of a sudden he says, watch it back. And I says, why? He goes, watch it back and see me and T-Bone. Every time one of us hits us, the other one hits on the floor and his hands are going all over the floor. And I went, what's going on? He says, I lost the blade. He says, couldn't find it. He says, no matter what we did, he said, we looked all over that. that we were saying, every time we go on the floor in that nightclub, hands on the floor and looking for this plane, they couldn't find it. It's just, it's just, but um, I always remember that one. They were, that was my first time at PCW. It was great fun. Loved it. There was one spot, if I'm, I'm, hopefully I'm not making this up, but we kind of ran up the wall. Yeah. Like, we'll up the wall and flip off. Was that, that was against t wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah, the finish of the match is like there's an entrance. I mean, if everyone's been a PCW, there's an entrance where you walk down the stairs into the into, well, what was the nightclub? Because it's shut down now because it's all all damp and everything. It's been condemned, I think. Um, so, but uh, all I remember is there was T-Bone and Rampage and Bubblegum as team single, and then they they wrapped the rope round Trav's neck and they lifted him off the ground. And, uh, and T-Bone was on the stairs. And you just saw this visual of Chris being lifted off the ground with his bull rope. And I'm like, what? And you just see him tap out and everything and say, right, T-Bone's the new champion. But wow, it was just like, what a visual to see someone hung up in the air. And they're like, wow, and you could see kids going. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? <laughs> yeah, I always love watching Trav and Lowley. always had great matches. Trevor, uh, Trevor Lionheart as well. Though, is, uh, oh, yeah. I think when the comeback match, when you had Trevor and uh, and uh, Shea Samuels, and uh, you saw the promos and everything, and uh, yeah. and then then Lionheart was there that night. It was just like them two were destined to like to be on there on the same night. It was just awesome to watch the whole lot. I mean, you had yeah. Drew, Drew McIntyre was there, and oh god, there were. Well, after the after NXT roster that was there now, Samoa Joe. He had Samoa Joe. He had a War Machine, and then he had the, all the other guys there. But uh, everybody was there for Chris that night. Always yeah. that pop when he came out. Nothing will ever beat him. Nothing. Oh, uh, I don't know uh, the the pop thing. Uh, I encourage everyone to seek out. Um, Project Pigo versus Hot Blooded Males on the Phoenix Events page. Yeah, uh, because I'll that that was another that was another that was another good one. And yeah. I've me and um, I got the I got a copy of the Blu-ray of the uh, show, and I thought, okay, turn it up. Um, it's fine. And then the pot came through. It actually yeah, the the pot was that loud. It actually cancelled out my soundbar. I had to put it back, turn it back on. But <laughs> <laughs> well, if you listen to it on YouTube, it's like. It, that is one of the few times where I think the sound, the recording of somebody's probably actually done it justice. Yeah. Yeah. That was a tremendous part. Yeah. yeah. 
Do you remember that when we uh, we flooded him and he went, we had that word with Shea Samuels telling him to go around the ring the opposite way from where he was going? Because I, I nobody told me what he said in the promo and I'd lost it. And I'd lost my rag and I was like, what else going on here? Because uh, he came out, because they did the build-up, and Shea Samuel says, why don't you just go home and wait for your cancer to return? And I and I just went, shoot, red rag, had a, had a few beers. What? Where is he? Where is he now? And everyone's going, oh, sh- oh, God, Dino's losing it. And I'm going, bring him now. Bring him. And <laughs> it comes out, because the opposite way. Afterwards, Chris comes, Chris went, uh, what was that about with Shea Samuels? I went, Ah, uh, yeah, he goes, says, opposite way round, I says. Yeah, he says, uh, who, do you, who do you think told him to say that in the ring? I went, yeah, I get that now. And <laughs> Shea Samuels came out and he went, oh, you were the reason, was you? I went, I felt so sheepish. I was like that big. I was felt like that. But <laughs> that was one night I was so happy to get absolutely hammered out of my skull. <laughs> <laughs> no, I might, I've had a again different, a similar kind of story, but a different time. The, it was um, when he was. Uh, this was in the one PW days um, with Kevin Thorne, uh, and um, <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it seems to have a uh, <laughs> strange habit. It seems to be a theme occurring when I tell this one. Um, it was, uh, I think it was. I'm trying to remember what the comment was. It was something on Facebook. To the, uh, there were a guy. I think his name was Dan White, who was like like helping promote for a local promotion there. And he was like being like the agent for a couple of the Americans. And so like one of the Basham brothers, Kevin Fawn and stuff like that. And Trevor just put like a, a jokey comment. He goes, and if you, want, if you want real value for money or something to that effect, put Chris Travis. Kevin Fawn went nuclear over that. And um, they did the one PW, uh, they did the one PW show. The great mates now, but I think there's no way of dancing around. Yeah, uh, Kevin Fawn took a few liberties with Trav that night, including doing like a razor's edge off the stage onto the floor, not telling him. Um, they still became, I, I need to emphasize this, they still became great mates. So, um, they were doing a show, um, a show with Trav and Kirby versus, um, Dragon, uh, Dragon Aizu and and Paul, yeah, sorry, <laughs> the vodka's kicking in. Um, <laughs> but the yeah, the um, I, I, like everything in that everything in that match. I was like, I, they were the only time I've been worked that much into a match. And I've got the DVD somewhere, and you can just you can hear this Yorkshire voice just out of nowhere go, "Fucking nothing, traveling it with me," and I'm like. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> Oh, there was, um, it was, oh, what was it, a Travade. Um, so, I went around Travade, Trav was around the uh, merchandise table the entire time, and um, I, was, I wasn't in the room when they did the matter, when they did the show plan, and <laughs> I didn't know what the plan, the, uh, plan was, but, uh, so, so it's, um, I can't remember what the match was, but I know... Bubblegum and Joey Hayes, I think Kirby might be involved in it. But as they're coming out for this match, Trav whispers to me, don't not pip. And I'm like, what? And then, and then they proceed to do a whole angle where it crushes him and, put, and all that kind of sort of thing. And I'm like, I, I saw a red right there. And then I'm like, oh, it's a, oh I mean, work. don't do anything, don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he... 
He let, he always, he always did try to give me the Iggy because I think he knew I would probably deck somebody if I didn't get the Iggy. Yeah. <laughs> but he, I think he enjoyed working, working as both at the same time. That's the one show I missed, and that's the biggest regret I've got in British wrestling. That is the one time I missed because my wife won't let me go because I had chemo. I had my chemo two days before, and I was out with it. And I was, I was heart, I was crying. I'm filling up now still, because it's the one show I'd have given anything to be at, and I couldn't go. Yeah, I would go to as well, mate. I was coming from a knee injury. I want, I would have loved to have been on it. Uh, Flutter had offered us to do the uh, the battle royal at that uh, one of their shows, and again, yeah. in hindsight, I wish I did it. But um, yeah, it, 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 we have a few regrets here and there, but that's the way it goes. Yeah. Sometimes, but yeah. yeah, I've got I've got a funny one about when we had his treatments. Uh, where everybody remembers, we all just remember the side effects. And he messaged me out of the blue and he says, "Have you got this uh, side effect?" And I says, "What?" And he says, "Your farts smell the same all the time." I went, "Yeah." He says, "I would give anything for a steamy fart that smells different to the one I've got at this moment." I'm like. Yeah, I would as well. And he says, these side effects are doing me nothing. They really are. He says, I've had enough. And he says, uh, and he goes, I'd give anything. And then taste buds went and he's going, is your taste buds? And it always seemed to happen at the same time with the pair of us. I mean, I had a couple of treatments before him. But oh, every two minutes, it was like, are you having these side effects? And it's how we started. I sent the message, the famous message that said, he's, he announced he was having it. And then, he, and then I sent a message and I went, I've just had my second treatment. If there's anything you want to know, message me. So he messaged me back, question, when does the hair fall out? That's all I want to know. When does my hair fall out? And I went two weeks after the first treatment. And then we swapped stories about how, his hair, how we found out his hair was falling out, which was just funny as hell. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, it was just, it was just silly things. The, the photographs that we sent when we were having the treatments, everything like that. It was something I'll always treasure, always. You mentioned the hair. <laughs> I asked him. About, obviously, he told me that for now, I'm being super sensitive, friend. Like, you feel okay about it and stuff like that. Goes, mate, it's fucking horrible. He like proper drummed it up in this message for a good solid minute. Oh, it's the worst thing ever. I look like a Mikey Van Riot tribute. That <laughs> is it true well, that some he went out. He went out with you guys around Sheffield, and you all got Christmas jumpers on and woolly hats, and this girl stole his hat. And he went, excuse me, do you mind? I want my hat back. And she wouldn't give him back until he says, I'm having cancer. And then she went, oh, no, oh, and gave her his hat back. And he went, yeah, thank you. Boom, put it back yeah, his head. That's, that's, what stopped, that's what stopped it. Because um, I've got us all those Christmas hats. They were um, Christmas pudding hats. I've still got them. And uh, he went letting go of that one. <laughs> I think I've never seen anybody... Go, go crazy with the nightclubs when he got announced it. He just says, I'm going on the drunk. I'm getting drunk, me. And I was there going, oh, no, I can't have alcohol. And he's out there getting hammered. And I'm like, what? And when he did the famous picture about him being back in the gym after about two weeks and you saw the difference. And then one side of him was before the gym and then he'd been in the gym a couple of weeks. And he was like, wow, look at that. And everybody just went crazy on him now. Oh, oh. Uh, oh. I remember talking to him about that. I was sort of trying to push for him to uh, release like some sort of fitness DVD, you know, get some mm. promotion for like, because he'd managed mm. to get in good shape. You know, mm. he was teaching on doing that at certain times. So he did go to, to uh, 
college and do various bits of like uh, personal trainer stuff. Um, prior, this was probably prior to the uh, to the cancer and everything. But it was something he was trying to do, and he was. <laughs> so yeah, every time I think of something, I think of a scenario attached to it. Um, but uh, I, had a, I had this week off for my birthday, and and Charles said, "What are you doing this day?" And I'm like. Uh, nothing. Uh, do you want to come up to uh, gym with me and range to? Um, sorry, another one's coming to me. I'll, I'll tell you more. But um, so I went up to the gym and stuff, and I gave us a good workout. Showed us all these different things to wear. And I'm actually generally all of range, and he because he, he had these massive, and I mean massive plates on, and he was lifting up, and I'm like, he dogs a hot when he wants to be, and um, I'm like, chap uh, comes and whispers in my ears. Look at the numbers and these massive plates, which are like the size of lids. He'd only been lifting like two, uh, he'd only been lifting like 40 kgs. I'm there thinking he's doing like 100 on each side. And it's like, turns out I've been lifting more than him the entire, the entire session, but he'd just been working with these massive plates. <laughs> that, that, was, that was typical, <laughs> typical reigns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The uh, I can't I could not mention range that the only time I've ever ever got an angry message from myself. Um, I, I hope this one can make it. Um, but the so we'd have we'd had a, a another legendary court night out, and I've got I've got a few back a few of those if you want to hear them at some point. But the we'd have a court night out, and we're a bit worse to we're a bit worse. To wear and charge and toilet paper. You can fill in the blanks there yourself. So we had to make do with a copy of Power Slam magazine, which we uh, you know we have those lovely glossy sheets. It was it was traumatic for it. It was traumatic for everybody who had to do that. And uh, so and then we went off and we went off did this uh, went to a show together. Uh, what travel on went our separate ways. Then Trav went down to another show and then he didn't get back until Monday. I get some message off a of travel and he goes, Mikey, he's, uh, he's like in big bold capitals. What have you fucking done? I'm like, I'm sorry to feel guilty. I'm like, what have I done? And he goes, Did you wipe your ass on my Back to the Future t shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, No, I used, I used the Power Slam magazine. And then he's like, who would it and he's like, who would have done it? And he's like, I'm getting and so the WhatsApp messages are popping up and you know, the other the, the typo's coming up because we're on a live connect and he's and he's tapping away and he goes, Motherfucker, it was Reigns. <laughs> yeah, well the reason he thought it was me is because Reigns code traffic was me. And he was trauma he was traumatized about that back to the future t shirt. It was favorite shit. <laughs> oh God. I think I think one of the best ones I remember. Um, he'd been picked to play for Sheffield Wednesday against Sheffield United in Hillsborough Park, a part of this charity event, Reds versus Blues. And he told me for weeks that he'd always been picked for Sheffield United. And I went, "But you're an owl. How can you play for them?" He says, "I know. I'm having words." So I went and got him. I got us a pair of Sheffield Wednesday shirts and we cancer kicker on the back. So I presented it to him before this show, before the man. He went, oh, I'm putting this on straight away. And he's walking around with us, both of us with matching Wednesday shirts on. And then he says, have you seen who I'm playing with? And I says, no. And he went, Lee Peacock. I went, what? And he went, he's my hero. 
says, I'm playing with Lee Peacock. And I went, oh, okay, fair enough. She goes in the changing, gets in this room where everybody's meeting up and shaking hands. And Craig, Chris is getting there. Lee Peacock walks in. And all I see is Chris going, <gasps> Lee fucking Peacock. Lee fucking Peacock. And I went, yeah. And he goes, yeah, it's Lee fucking Peacock. And Lee Peacock come over and he went, ah, yeah. And he's going, and I had to grab his hand to stop it shaking. And he's going, Lee fucking Peacock. <laughs> so every time we've had that in wrestling, it's been Lee effing Peacock. To this day, whenever I saw him, when I saw Lee a couple of years later, I went, Lee went, yes, I know. Lee effing Peacock. Everybody's been calling it me now. He says, British wrestling have took me to their hearts or something. I went, sorry, that's me. That he went, says, um, he says, I'll always miss him. And he, he just asked me, yes, for one of my wristbands. I remember that day. And he says, give me that wristband now. He says, I want that. And I says, okay, there you go. And he was another one that through Chris did something for Cavendish Cancer Care. So Lee Peacock then did a cycle ride all the way around France and he did it for them through meeting Chris. So Chris had a big effect on his hero in Sheffield Wednesday as well. But uh, oh, I always remember that day. And he died for the penalty. He played the game, died for the penalty and got it, convinced the ref. And he's going, I went, look at that. He had to bleeding convince the ref for the penalty as well. And he come off and he went, hey, did you see the dive? Everybody did. Huh, ref didn't. And it was Euro Rene, ex-Premier League ref. And uh, he went, oh, yeah, penalty straight away. So, <laughs> typical Chris. Yeah, Cavendish obviously is a big, big part um, of, I mean, that's majority where I know your money goes to Dino. Um, you want a quick shout out? Just what from money from one more round? Does that go to Cavendish or is that split elsewhere uh, as well? Uh, Cavendish, uh, yeah, past couple of ones we've done Cavendish. We have had discussions before about doing it for some other ones. And... We would, but you generally, yeah, generally it tends to go to Cavendish. So obviously, I know Chris was a uh, spokesperson for money or an advocate or whatever the wording is. Yeah. Patreon. Yeah. Patreon. Yeah. You were very proud. You were definitely you were very proud yeah. of that. Yeah. I've never seen anybody work so hard in my life for a charity as what Chris did. It was just every single day. It was like, what can I do for him? What can I do for him? Even if this, even when this guy's in bed with, when he's having his chemo, what can I do for him? What else can I do for Cavendish? Always, always on the go with it. Every single time. I mean, we've done it for two charities. I mean, the first Spandex, we did it for Chris's family. We split the money between Chris's family and Spand and Cavendish. And then the next few years, it's been charities. It's been close to my heart. Uh, Sheffield Children's Hospital, Sheffield Main Cap, St. Luke's. But made a decision that from now on it's just Cavendish that's doing it. Um, where everything's just going towards to Cavendish now. So um, having football kits done with just Cavendish Cancer Care on the front. So having it that way. So that's um, awesome. Yeah, I think with Johnny at Cavendish said it at the last Spandex uh, about how much money that through British wrestling that through Chris that they'd actually raised, and he said that it's over. It was over thirty thousand pounds. And that was like 2020, so so sorry 2019. So we'll we'll be touching nearly 40,000. So easy. And yeah, the whole didn't he? he did like a whole speech, sort of saying how much money and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. How... In between the rainstorms. <laughs> <laughs> oh bless you! You had a you had a ball of a day that day, didn't you? <laughs> God, that was that. I think 
my first, the worst stress I've had was the first spandex because I didn't know what I was doing. And then the last one, because it just rained. It just completely just rained all the way down from start to finish. And I'm like, oh, and everybody didn't, everybody didn't care. They just went, ah, we'll go on, we'll play. Don't worry about it. We're fine. Let's go. And I'm like, what? So I was just stood there. I couldn't run. I couldn't move on the grass. Every time I thought I'd run, I just fell over. Like, I think yeah, the spirit of spandex got summed up with one, one person that year. Um, he paid his five pounds to play football. And he went on the pitch and he just looked straight at me and he went, I'm playing football with Joe Connors and T-Bone. I went, yeah, he goes, I've only just watched him on WWE Network. Oh, my God. And he was made up completely. And he went, this is amazing. And I get a T-shirt. And I'm like, <laughs> that summed up spandex for me. That just one bit. That was it. Mate, I'll tell you what summed up for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's just a point. Um, it might, I think it, was, it might be the second one. Um, um, it was a lovely day, absolutely lovely day. And there was that professional photographer down. Oh, and God, the yeah. Guy, the guy's fiddling with his camera and he's turning flash on. And Mad Man Mantra, I'm missing the beat, goes, What are you doing, messing about with your flash on the one we stay in here? And the, 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 the poor bloke, honestly, if looks could have killed, Manson had dropped dead on the spot. He, that. <laughs> I never seen such a big photographer. Yeah, we've been blackballed by the star ever since. We can, I can't go back to the star. <laughs> Just every year, Manson does something. I mean, first year, Manson told him and Ashton Smith, as soon as T-Bone gets the ball, that's it. 20-man pylon. Gets the ball, watched it, boom. There's a great picture of Manson just going for his head and everything and then just all this big pile on i'm like and referee stood there this referee ain't got a clue and he goes who do i send off and i went nobody just let him go <laughs> just let him go <laughs> uh, it's it's the yeah. it's, it's absolute mental day just manson makes it uh even when you do it when last time when he's doing when we're doing the raffles and we got the pictures up and he says and we've got a picture of british song style pete dunn and Manson went, oh, gee, better not tell Pete Dunn that's here. Oh, my God, he'll, he will flip out. And he's and he's working the whole place with Pete Dunn. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And everyone's going, has he got beef with Pete Dunn? Has Pete Dunn got a beef with Manson? And we're like, I don't know. It's just Manson, isn't it? It's just typical. Yeah, last year as well, they had, they had a signed picture of the bar. She had Cesaro and obviously Seamus on this picture. Yeah. That was around. Uh, Mads, I, I, was, I was literally stood quite close to him, and I just heard him sort of say, "I think it was to uh, Ashton." I was saying, "Oh, that dude fucking owes me for his career. I ain't buying his." <laughs> like, wow! There we go. Yeah. I always love seeing Manson sorry soccer and spandex all on my round because there literally is no filter, and especially some of the newer local guys who uh, some of them aren't that aware of Manson because no. um, he's. He's only been retired for a couple of years, but it's before some of these newer people's time. So, uh, but ah, uh, yeah, Manson's off. Manson's off the wall. I think man, I think Mac is frozen. <laughs> yes, I was back. Uh, Manson at spandex. I think this is the true story now. Manson is responsible for soccer and spandex. He's the reason for it. Um, he came up with the reason, saying. When are you going to come and see me? And he said it to Chris on Twitter. And he said, and him and Chris were talking. And they said, we should get a football match just for wrestlers. And I went, oh, there we go. He goes, yeah, we'll have heels versus faces. 
And I'm like, and nothing ever came of it. And then Chris Cancer came back and he just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. When are you going to come and see me? And then it just twigged again. And I just said, ah, I've got to do something here. And I think Chris was wanting a scooter at the time. He wanted a mobility scooter. And I just says, let's raise money. And I made a vow to my wife that year. No charity, no fundraising. 2016, no fundraising. Lasted six weeks. And I went, <laughs> okay, here we go. And soccer and spandex. The name comes from Stephen, Steve Evans of Future Pro Wrestling down south. He's the one that gave us the name. Uh, but Manson in roundabout ways is responsible for soccer and spandex. Don't tell him. He'll, he'll, be wanting, he'll be wanting royalties on all the T-shirts. But uh, he'll be... He's in a roundabout way responsible. Mm. He, uh, any Travis Manson wind-up stories? Oh, I, I don't think any, I don't think anything that could make it. I've got one from Rob Maltman, which was one of the finished ones I've ever known. Uh, it was Speed King at Nottingham. And Rob Maltman had just signed with and just with just with Southside and he was doing the backstage interviews. And he came round the front and he's going, Travis, the bastard. And I went, What? And he says, I hate him. And I goes, Why? What's happened? He says, I've just been doing an interview with Jigsaw. Jigsaw with mask on his face and everything. He says, and I've got Jigsaw in front of me. He says, and I'm interviewing him, and all I can hear behind me is And I'm like, I said, what is that sound? I looked to me right, Kirby, Martin Kirby's on the floor, hysterical. Can't, his tears down his face. And I'm interviewing Jigsaw, and he's got a mask on, so I can't see his face. And then keep going. And he says, right, I'm turning around. Turns around, he sees Chris completely naked to hell, jumping up and down. And it's his manhood going. <laughs> Maltman went, you fuck. I completely ran out the door. And I just went, and as soon as he said that, I hit the deck. I was in tears. I went, no way. That is just the best story I've ever heard. And he's going, I hate him. I hate him so much. And then Trav went out about five minutes later and had a great match with uh, Haskins. And he came out and somebody was chanting Justin Bieber. And he's in a hold with Haskins and somebody's chanting Justin Bieber. And he went, hold on a minute. I'll have you know that Justin Bieber is a very respectable artist. Let's continue. And went back into the hold. Just, just no matter what he did, he just always had that that crap that audience in the palm of his hand. No matter where he was, he was just amazing doing it. Mm. Uh, some of the stories, just that one, that will always tickle me. Rob Moltman tells it better. He Rob refuses to say it on anything. And I, every time Rob does an interview, I say, ask him about the Travis story at Speed King. Ask him, and he never. And he goes, "No, I'm not telling it. No, it's, but it's one of the funniest stories of all time." He still was rarely if ever on. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, you could trust you. Um, you could trust Trout with your deepest, most personal uh, secrets. But if it was funny, you would not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if it was a funny one, you were doomed. Um, I, I could tell you one. Uh, an example would be I've, I've already pre uh, already pre warned this person. I was going to tell this story, so I've, I've I've taken my name off to save embarrassment. But uh, <laughs> one of the other wrestlers um, was at like college uni going age, and he um, 
He'd been a bit promiscuous and he'd not listened to the immortal line of don't be a fool, rap you too. And um, he'd had, he had to take a... Uh, he'd, there's no nicer way to say it. this person had got crabs from this girl and we hadn't seen him for ages and it's like, where you been? And it's like, oh, this girl gave me crabs. And it's like, that's all we thought anything of it. And then um, we're on this, and we're, we're on a court from one of the um, legendary court nights out and um, he goes, I, I nearly said it, I nearly said that person's name. We'll, we'll just call him uh, unnamed person number one. <laughs> unknown person number one. And he points to this girl and he goes, to me, and we're out missing the beach. Trav walks up and bearing in mind, it's this corporation and I am deaf as a post. He walks up to her and he goes, did you give my mate crabs? And then he proceeds to point at unknown person number one. And I look, and I kid you not, if life was a cartoon, there was a, like a cloud of where he once was. It was like a blur. He just ran off. <laughs> and, we didn't see, and we didn't see him for, enough, for another, a good hour. And then the rest of that night, for a good solid hour, that girl was, I think she was aware of who it was mm. herself. And so she was prowling the ground trying to find him. And he was <laughs> hiding from her. Uh, that was just an example of some of the uh, legendary thought nights. So. Yeah. It would have, when he did the return at Sheffield for ICW when ICW did that famous uh, their first the first one at uh, the uh, O2 Academy mm. and he said oh yeah doing this and he couldn't he was wearing them the, the famous skinny jeans he always wore and he goes <laughs> I says are you doing out today he goes oh yeah I'm going in the ring I'm super kicking in them how are you go- how the hell are you gonna do he goes if they split you know they split they'll be fine. And he just went in the ring, super kicked. That was it. Boom. Went out. That was it. And the place went mental. Uh, that was one of the other. <laughs> but yeah. you should mention the skinny jeans, and I've seen many, uh, many an amusing sight in those skinny jeans. Um, this, is a, this is an absolute... I love telling everyone this one. Um, so, yeah. When... Fortunately, when we have been out on some nights out, sometimes things have kicked off, which is half its comedy because Trav trying to like get involved or direct traffic in skinny jeans is hilarious. Um, but the <laughs> one, one many a time he complained about nearly doing himself a mischief in them. And when they were in this one, uh, I've been also. I need to try and like, tell a bit of a backstory to it. Like, Trav is always someone, you, if he got into a, a scrap, he always had his friends back. But like I say, we uh, start to get to be friends with a lot of his like non-wrestling friends, his like, school friends and his friends from around where we were born. Uh, I don't know where the story comes from, but someone told me about Windmill Trav. And that basically, Windmill Trav is when he's had a few too many beers and all he can literally do is Windman Punch. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so we were at coffee, it seemed like a perfectly normal night out, and uh, this lad had been a bit disrespectful to one of, one of our female friends, and I c- called him out on it, told him to stop being a knob, but he tried, but he tried to push me. I could see it were coming, so as he pushed me, he didn't move me an inch. I pushed him, and he looked in flew across the floor into about five of his mates. And he like, oh, like it, honestly, it's like a cartoon, like five of those mates just disappeared out of nowhere in front of me, and I'm like, oh, Great, and all of a sudden they're like piling on to me, and as, as I'm trying to get out of this pylon, and as I'm looking around, I can see Trav approaching me, and it's like 
which probably all happened in the space of like 10 seconds. But this happened in a minute, in, in, in my mind, happened in a minute because as it approaching me, it's like, oh God, he's struggling with the skinny jeans. He's really, he's really trying. Oh no, he's windmilling. Oh no, he's windmilling. And he, and he proceeded to punch me four times before he even landed a punch on any of these other lads. And they all, they all kicked off. I had scrap. We got kicked out. Nothing of it. Woke up next next day, huge bruise under my eye, and he goes, "Oh, what happened there? Goes, you fucking did that." And he was like, "What? Windmill trap?" And he was like, "Sorry." <laughs> but yeah, honestly, like it happened in slow motion. Like I say, it would have literally been literally a few seconds, but I had a chance to assess. He's walking like he's running like a wounded gazelle. Oh, he's he's, he's windmilling. Oh my God, he's going to hit me. He's going to hit me first. He's hitting me. He's beating me. I think that's probably what threw those lads off because they, they probably thought uh, he wanted to fight me at first. <laughs> and yeah, that, he, he kicked me a good four times before, even, before he even started on with them. Yeah. But, I, remember, yeah, <laughs> I think think one of the best ones I got remember when, when they were all over Facebook uh, and it was like, Trav has gone home with the belt. He's not being paid for his show, so he's nicked the person's belt and he's gone home with it. And like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, what? And it just went all over. It was all over Facebook. One of the famous promotions in Yorkshire that I'm not going to mention because. Uh, well, I'll do for you, Dino, so you don't so you don't get in trouble for him. We'll just uh, we'll just call this guy Eden Bowler. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And all so we, we, know, we, we have said his name, so he's not going to pop up like yeah. a cabinet man out of nowhere. Uh, he's, uh, yeah. And uh, all I remember is that everybody was saying there were six people there. And he didn't, pay, he didn't pay Chris. So Chris went, right, I'm nicking the belt. And I don't know whether it was true or not, but the rumour was that Chris had took the belt on with him as payment. And he weren't going to get it. And I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> just uh, just things he stood there with, oh, has he told it? Has he told it? And like... It's the other ones. I mean, British wrestling at its best, isn't it? You just can't make it up. It just goes back to the skinny jeans. Because a bit of the story about you, you might know Edam decided to try and fight Trav. And Trav, we were trying to like shoo him off in his skinny jeans. I like, try to keep him at distance by shooing him off. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> Oh dear, yeah, yeah. There were some um, stories of stories of legend yeah. with Mister Edam. Yeah. Did you remember what I gave him as a wedding present to Whitney? Oh, what were it? Um... Original Xbox with two games. <laughs> oh, so uh... he had all these consoles. It, it, it's, it's, it's his fault. I'm into the gaming. It's his fault. I'll say until the day I go. It's Chris Travis's fault. So I said, what consoles have you got? So he's going through the list. And I went, Yang got an original Xbox. And he went, no, I haven't. I went, sort it out. Went on eBay and bought one. And it came with a couple of games, a couple of controllers. And I went, and I went to, to uh, one more round when we had it. I think it was the first one or something. And uh, and then I think Andy, Andy took it, took the stuff off me and went to Chris. And then I got a message off Chris saying, Oh, thanks, mate. Love it. Well done. And then I got another message from Whitney going, yeah, where's my present? And I went, 
it's got two controllers. What more are you asking for? And she went, I do not want to play Tony Hawk's bloody pro skater. Thank you very much. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I made a point of getting the one where he had his, uh, had his theme song on it. So uh, I made a point of it like that. So it was just brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's the reason I go into the gaming. I'll never forgive him for it. <laughs> I remember asking him about music and he said Tony Hawk's three. Like, yeah. Uh, every time I... Every time I play that game and it comes on, I just go, there we go. It's just like, when, they did, when he did the interview on, on my thing, and I was just like, and he just says, uh, and I said, what are you doing at the moment? He goes, oh, I'm just on the sofa watching the football. He says, I've got a couple of bets on it. I'm like, are you winning your bets? No, pigs have done it again to me. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. Oh. Him, and his, him and his betting on his uh, Twitter always used to be funny. His Twitter, his Twitter feed had got to be the best one you've ever seen of all time. There was always something funny happening on that. Always. Yeah, especially at me. <laughs> the Amsterdam <laughs> shit. I'll never forget. I never. Uh, oh, I could, honestly, if he were if he weren't laughing with to the point he was, I could have probably strangled him there and then. Um, so we were staying. Um, sure, the video is still there. Um, and and, and Fred, so we're staying at the, like this cheap. Um, I don't even would even call it like a hostel, but you just had like a room and be on the floor. The toilet, toilet, and the shower room was like communal for like the three other rooms on the floor. So obviously, being la- lazy, Rage decided to take a leak in the sink, and it's like, and it, I'm like, I'm going to do that now uh, because I can't be bothered to that either. And I, so minding my own business. I can just see like a little giggle happening under his. I look round, I turn round, I turn round, and there's Trav filming me, having a, while, having, having a tiddly, having a tiddly sink, and um, yeah, the Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Lee, who uh, made a great video with it, because the expression on my face, because I was half cut, half, half asleep, and I looked like Claude, I looked like Claude Greengrass out of a heartbeat. And Ryan had dubbed over the music into it for, for that video. Uh, it was a, it's somewhere, if you go on Shrub Speed, it is there somewhere. And um, yeah, I could have uh, strangled him right there. then. Has he got, has, has he, Ryan that's got the uh, star tattoo, the famous video of him and the tattooies with the, uh, with, on his bum? Is that, right. is... Uh, that's a brilliant one in itself. Um, so where I live, about five minutes down the road, is a town shop. It's three places. It's still what I go to. The um, I felt we all we all agreed it was myself, uh, Ryan Lee, uh, Joey D, uh, Don Black, and uh, Nick Mason. We all agreed to go and have uh, go and have one. Uh, in fact, that's on there. Uh, the so I said to her, I said, I reckon I could get us a discount to go in as a group. So naturally, cheap skate wrestlers are like, great discount. <laughs> uh, we're going, there's no discount. Uh, and um, so we're going through it, and he, the, the uh, terrorized Chris was like, um, said, okay, where are you having them? I'm like, I'm having mine here. Nick's had one himself before, so he's like on the wrist. Everyone else was a uh, like was a tattoo virgin. Dirt bag, um, I've I, I got one on his shoulder, which is a good, sensible place to have your first tattoo. Um, 
then uh, then the rest of them just went south. Uh, Joe had wanted one on his like his stomach, which is one of the, one of the more painful places to have one. <laughs> Dom, Dom, Dom had had one on the uh, Dom had one on his foot, and that was terrifying to see because Dom had the hairiest feet I've ever seen. Uh, so when Dom had his there. And so he's going around this, and he comes around this where you're having yours. And Ryan has been joking the entire way down, I'm going to have it on my arse. He said very proudly, I'm going to have it on my arse. And Chris, tattoo artist's eyes light up, and he goes, if he has it on his arse, I'll have a fiver for all your tattoos. And I think by that point, it dawned on Ryan, what have I done? And uh, to make it worse for himself, everybody else went first before Ryan. And... (laughs) And this is the thing that was really poignant about it. As this is all about to happen, the radio in the background is playing and Blink comes on. And, and we all looked at each other and we were like, he's watching this. And for a tattoo that probably only took less than 10 minutes to do, it was the most hilarious 10 minutes of my life because he was <laughs> literally tears streaming out. I could... <laughs> You're like holding on to Joe, Joe, Joe's arm. I will be, I will be so sympathetic. It was the mm. best, the best thing. And to make it worse, as soon as they all finish, Chris the tattoo eyes again, not missing his beat, slapped Ryan's ass on the tattoo. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh. that traumatised him. I don't think Ryan would ever have another tattoo after that. That that, that day traumatised. Uh, gentlemen um i'm gonna call it because we've been talking for a while um but i do want to invite you back closer to when soccer and spandex and one more round happens since you've got the dates locked down yep uh, yeah man both of you come back on and we'll continue this conversation <laughs> uh, it's going to be one that can be done in one show personally i think there's that much stuff you know to talk yeah. about it's going to be to be continued. Um, so, yeah, we'll leave people more. Yeah, thanks, for, that. thanks for having us on. Just that one thing to, I uh, do want to share you, Nick, I did promise you a little bit of an exclusive. Um, uh, Dino in on this, so I want to see Dino's reaction. Uh, so I am going to, um, obviously, barring on lockdown regulations and everything like that, find out what's happening in the way the world as we go along. But my intention... Uh, as we go back to full normal, is to uh, start my own wrestling promotion. I've spoke with Trav's family, and uh, the, the provisionally the name of the company is going to be called Shooting Star Pro. That's awesome. just pretty, that's pretty much as far as I've got with it so far. And there's a lot of lots of bits and bobs to work out. But I, um, I thought if I'm going to be running things on myself, I cannot do it without paying tribute to the bio. So. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know when it's going to be. I'm not going to, again, false promise any dates or times. But going forward sometime in the future, I will, I will be starting shows called Shooting Star Pro. And hopefully Dino would like to announce um, the first show. And I'll make. I'll try and see if I can get T-Bone on to see if he can say his name right. <laughs> that would be, it would be an honour and a privilege. It would be. Yeah. Well, next time we have you on, it might be, obviously... Back to normality. Yeah. About it. And we can keep just, yeah, keep his update every time we speak about what's going on. All right, uh, fella. Indeed. 
Yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can to help with that, you know, promote it and on social media and on the show and stuff as well, because yeah. that's all. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for talking to me. Uh, thank yeah. you for sharing stories. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. I don't think, I don't think we're going to get in trouble with any of these, are we? No, 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 I shouldn't do, no, no. no. Yeah. It's a bit mental. Yeah. Thanks, fellas. Thanks ever so much. Thank you. Thank you Take so care. much. Thank you. Bye bye. Our friends over at Powered 4 TV are giving listeners to this podcast an incredible 50% off your first month when you sign up to powered4.tv and use the promo code Johnners. Powered 4 TV are one of the leading on-demand streaming services in the UK with tons of shows from over 20 wrestling promotions from around the UK and the US including TNT Extreme, Chicagoland Championship Wrestling, DNA Pro Wrestling, Full Force Wrestling, Ignite Wrestling and so many more. There's also plenty more to enjoy including an incredible archive of classic matches, life layers with William Eva, podcasts and so much more. Sign up to Powered 4 TV today and save 50% off your first month. Just use the promo code Jonners.